Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We are doing the final half of the final episode of Asylum uh, today. And I hope you like uh, really unsatisfying wrap-ups, because boy howdy, do we have... <laughs> my hands are full. I'm the I'm the limes meme guy. Why can't I hold all these bad endings? It's outrageous. <laughs> like, you think you're done, and then they're just like, what if Kit looked like he was like 20 in a bad wig? <laughs> Is me like most of the second half of this episode because we already recorded the first half. Like most of the second half of this episode is literally just the writers like holding something up that no one asked for and being like, "Is this anything? Would this be good for you?" Right. <laughs> and all of us being like, N- "No, <laughs> no, this isn't anything, and it's not good for me. I don't understand." But yeah, this is so bad. It's <laughs> so so bad because well. Um, cause I think where, where we left off after like, dun, 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 Johnny is, uh, actually with Lana now somehow in the future, you know, whatever. Handing her yeah, a yeah, sparkling yeah. water. Handing her, yeah, yeah. Handing her a bottle of water and being like, I'm here and I'm causing a problem on purpose. Uh, but do- <laughs> don't worry now that they've got the actual hook in you, you know, the thing that you might care about, the main crux of the story. We're not going to see that shit again until <laughs> the end of the episode, baby. I hope, you- I hope you're ready to wait 25 minutes for that shit. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, um, the fact that there is a hook in the middle of this episode, because like when we recorded our episode, it's it's actually kind of funny. Like if you saw the like the behind the scenes of how we record our podcast, um, the way we split this one, um, the first like ten to fifteen minutes of that of this episode of the television show had so much insanity in it that our last episode only covered roughly like. 15 to 20 minutes of the episode like there is so much left in this episode that we did not cover um because they decide that not only is it enough to try and make this an epilogue of an epilogue um but also just cram a whole bunch of shit that nobody asked for in there um <sighs> to kind of like summarize i i know that it's the same episode so it doesn't really require too much of a summary because if you're watching the tv show it's all happening like at the same time you're not taking a break in the middle of the episode but like there was the whole setup um of like lana giving a fake story about a real documentary that she's being interviewed about um which is insane. Just an insane thing to have a character do. To lie during a televised interview about a documentary that everyone's already seen. Hence why they are watching the interview. Um, and then tell us, the audience who hasn't seen the documentary and are the only party that has not seen the documentary. Uh, yeah, no, we just lied about it. We just had Lana um, gaslight everybody who's watching this show. Um, both the fictional show that she's being interviewed on and the show American Horror Story Asylum. Um, (laughs) And that's where we are, is she's taking a break because she just revealed that um, she fucking lied about everything she just said in the interview for some reason. Um, And Johnny, who has smoked crack, um, is there in the house with her and hands her some sparkling water when she needs it. Also, I kind of mentioned this in the last episode, but like, um, the the quickness in which the him handing off the sparkling water after she asks for it is in he has to have been like literally like there 
just next to her knowing <laughs> oh, I, I know my mom she's gonna want a sparkling water <laughs> i know everything I've about studied, this woman i've studied her for years i know her every move <laughs> and now it's sparkling water time Oh, like it's just been years in the making. Um, So that cuts off there. And it does feel like another episode because this part, so many bits of this episode are so far <coughs> divorced from <laughs> anything else that's happening. So it cuts back after he hands her the water. Um, It cuts back to like Lana, I guess, like having a flashback in her own mind because she's not like recording again. It doesn't like show her recording again. Um, and she goes to Kit's house and she goes to Kit's house. This is in the past, um, under the pretense of like just checking up on him. Um, and this is some non-disclosed time between when she met him at the bookstore and the present. Um, and, but what it really is, is she's filming another documentary at that time and really wants to interview him. Um, because she figures that he's holding Jude there. Um, and so like, obviously Lana's got like ulterior motives or whatever. Um, and Kit is at first very excited to see Lana because he's like, wow, you're finally not being a piece of shit. What's up? And then he's like, oh wait, no, you are being a piece of shit and you (laughs) want to record this and I don't like it. Um, and then she's like, I want to talk about Betty Drake. Is she there with you? And I'm like, God, Lana, why do you suck so bad all of the sudden? <laughs> like, you, you kind of sucked at various points, but like, this is like the opposite of character growth. This is like the character becoming a new worse. Literally, I'm not like other girls, I'm worse. Like, I went to Briarcliff, and instead of like becoming stronger and more resilient, I became a shithead, is what happened. <laughs> Uh, and it cuts to them having like a discussion and I don't know if the okay so from this point on it becomes very unclear like the format in which we are being fed information becomes very like fast and loose because sometimes it's a just a flashback sometimes it's part of this interview sometimes it's like someone else recounting a story like there will be something that happens later where like Kit is telling well it's gonna happen in a few minutes Kit is telling like a memory to Lana, but it's from the perspective of someone else. And Kit's not in that room where that memory happens. So <laughs> Kit physically would not be able to recount this information to Lana or us because he would not have been there to witness it. But yeah, um, they don't care. And they hope you don't think about it too much uh, because they're having their little conversation. This is now like Kit kind of like all wrapped up in his cozy little blanket and he's sipping tea and he's um, explaining. He has a different look. We've given Kit now like three different looks over the last two episodes. Now this is his um, stay at home dad look. Uh, mm. And he, he's just kind of, he's just kind of a little it's, guy. It's a really bad fake old man. Like they didn't do anything to like the eyes or the cheeks or whatever so as soon as as soon as his face is on camera or they get close to him he immediately you're like this this guy's not like a day over like 26 (laughs) (laughs) that's the other thing that is so wildly confusing because we'll get there in a second but we find out what happens to kit like i was under the impression this whole time throughout the whole show that like kit was just a very young looking like 30 something year old but like Based on the timelines we have and, like, how his story resolves, he's, like, baby 
for like most of this. He's like early 20s at the beginning of Asylum, I guess, maybe even younger. And then mm-hmm. like in these scenes, he's like late to mid 20s, which is <laughs> wild given Aliens. all of the things we see. Time works different, uh, you know? You're so right, Slow Beef. You're so right. That's why I'm here, you know? I am here to explain away the what? garbage. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I made that up, by the way. That's not really. I don't think that's like an official explanation. I think no, there is no. That's what they want you to. That's what they want you to come to as a conclusion. But that's not what. That doesn't make any sense. Um, oh, sorry. I, I think I'm thinking of later on. Sorry. I'm like. I'm sorry. I was thinking of a scene later on. I forgot we're still this early in the episode. Oh, I know what scene you're talking about. And boy, howdy, do yeah. they phone it in on those practical effects, buddy. Boy, yeah. howdy, do yeah. they phone it in. You can see in. why I feel the need to mention it. And now it's now it's a hook for the audience for later <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah, so he, being Kit, is like, all right, let me tell you about Betty Drake. Because uh, you're right. Yeah, I don't oh. know how you tracked her down, but she's here. Um, yeah, no, um, I, I went back and took Jude out of Briarcliff like I was adopting an elderly animal from a shelter because they let you do that i guess um Mm -hmm. you can just go adopt an asylum person yeah (laughs) he's like they were so overloaded they were just glad to get someone out of there and i'm like that's not how especially because briarcliff was like a prison afterwards like they weren't just like hey do you want to get a serial killer out of here you can just take him home you gotta promise you housebreak him though like what are you doing oh my god yeah he's like i just walked in there and i was like can i adopt this old lady and they're like yeah we don't give a shit here you go whatever Um, (laughs) and um he's like yeah before that i would visit her like every week for years and then i eventually just adopted her um and he teaches her checkers, which I guess fixes her brain. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. I seem maybe that's why the Monsignor was like fucking that one girl's checker game up to like <laughs> make sure <laughs> they she won't didn't need escape. an asylum at all if they know more about checkers to cure for all mental make, health issues. <laughs> yeah, make sure she's still under the spell of the. Yeah, checkers will destroy it. If she learns strategy, <laughs> she's out of here. She's going to realize she can just walk out the front door and no one will stop her. <laughs> Which is really something they should be concerned about because that is about the security level they're dealing with at all times. Um, but yeah, and then um, Kit says that when he brought Jude out of the asylum to come live with him, like a live-in grandma, um, that he had to see her through detox. I I presume so I, I, it's like meds. So they forgot that Jude already, like, a couple episodes ago, loudly declared that, like, she wouldn't be taking medicine and, like, was slapping it away and yeah, all of that, even after right. getting brain blasted. Yeah, even after getting brain blasted, she had, like, already had the resolution of, like, I'm not, I'm not taking that shit. So, like, um, weird delay on this detox. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of downtime where the drugs were like, we're just going to hang out for a bit. And it's like, nah, go get him. <laughs> She's out of there. Yeah. And they fully show her like going through like physical detox. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's and like, like I saw a train sh- spotting kind of recently. So they're like, oh, we should put this in, you know, Honestly, or something. I think what it is, is I think they wanted us to, this is, I'm not doing a bit. I wish I was. Um, I think they wanted us to remember that this character was an alcoholic at one point during the show and that that was like a major crux of oh, her character. Oh, like supposed to be like the DTs, but you're, if you, whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think they just wanted to remind us that Jude was a totally different character at one point in the show that has nothing to do with the character that she currently is. 
Um, huh. <laughs> I, I think that, <laughs> well, that's anyway, my theory. Anyway, enough of this dumb, sad crap. It's time for the weird kids to talk to Jude <laughs> and make her whole again, I guess. So, oh. um... There is like a whole thing here, like a whole montage of um, these weird kids hanging out with Jude and like, including at one point, um, well, yeah, as you, I just read the notes and you noted here that, <laughs> yeah, the, I brought you carrot juice fresh from the farm. Like really weird kid acting. <laughs> Grace's son is fucking strange. Like they're both very odd, but Grace's son a fucking little creep. He's a fucking little weirdo. Um, um, and so Jude at some point, because uh, they can't decide what mental issues they have given her. Right. <laughs> they just start pulling arbitrary ones out of a hat. They're like, okay, now she goes um, nun mode sometimes. <laughs> and so uh, not to spoil the twist, but uh, Jude is going nun mode <laughs> and is literally like running around with the kids being like, how dare you have sex in the closet and like swinging a broom at him and shit. Uh, which, like, I don't understand why this would happen uh, this much later at this point in time, like, entirely localized within your kitchen. Like, I don't know. It makes no sense, right? Right. Why would she just be going sicko mode? Hey, and you Um, know what? If she was, you know know what you are if you leave her around your kids? A bad father. You know, because uh, like en- enabling it, some form of child abuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Not that fit to watch a, kid. Kid yeah. hasn't ever worried about that before. He had an axe murderer hanging out with him for like three years. Fair. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. she was care. hot. Get over it. Oh my god. <laughs> she only did an axe murder like one time. It's fine. And it was, uh, I think it was justified. She told me this story a long time ago. I kind of half remember it, but I think she was in the right. Yeah, I think <laughs> she was fine. Yeah. The like extra yeah, dismemberment, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I think something, something, yeah. family, you know. <laughs> I wasn't really Make up a guy, a guy casually excusing a serial murderer because she's hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um. So this, like, weird little storyline of, like, Jude being nun mode, which, again, I think this is another thing for them to, like, remind us, hey, Jude was a different character for eight out of these 12 or whatever episodes. Um. Was, in case you forgot, she was a mean nun at one point and also an alcoholic. Think- I was thinking about it, and she has, like, a bit, much better, mind you, a bit of, like, the Kai Anderson to her, where she's, like, a different character sometimes when the story needs her to be. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, okay, she, well, I guess we can get more into it in the epilogue, but yeah, all right, so I'll, I'll leave it there, too. It's, like, she's, like, totally, she serves totally different story purposes, and then, therefore, she's, like, different levels of, like, villain and here innocent, and sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it doesn't work but whatever I, I re- well anyway time to give her a very abrupt confusing shitty ending yes. so, so um, let's do that. the weird kid so she's like freaking out kid is yelling at her understandably to be like you don't hit my kids you don't yell at my kids this isn't briar cliff etc um and then his weird kids go full weird kids like full ass <laughs> children of the corn mode, so just bad. walking up this being like so bad no no papa let me handle it we can kill her papa and then they walk up like take her by the hands and they're like to the woods with you and then they just like walk gently into the backyard with jude and she's just like 
Yeah, okay, I'm better now. That's all I needed, and actually. Kit These lets kids it are pretty, happen. Pretty sharp. That's the funniest part. Kit's just like, this is normal. This is normal. My two children walking oh. this old woman into the woods. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it'll be okay. So, ah, such wisdom from the mouths of babes. Like, <laughs> to the woods with you. <laughs> Do you ever, um, there's a real briefly, you know, Zero Time Dilemma in the Nonary games. There's mm-hmm. cut content where one character turns out to be like the plot twist is that they're a serial killer, but they want a happy ending for them. So there's like mm-hmm. some machine that makes you just not a serial killer anymore. <laughs> and even, as ridiculous as the game is, that got cut out and other worse, worse stupider stuff is in there still, but whatever. Um, but that's what this is like, kind of where it's like the kids are just like, eh, I need you healed for the story. So you are. Yay. Alien kids. All right. Look, we have been trying to redeem Jude for so long. Because, like, we all love the actress behind Jude. She's fantastic. But Jude sucks. So, like, we've been on this huge redemption arc for the last... Did anyone ever want to redeem Jude, by the way? I just need to, like, have a temperature check of the room. Did we want this? Did we want Jude to, like, stop being a villain and, like work with Batman? I mean, <laughs> I, there, were, there were many parts where I wanted less villains. Not necessarily that I wanted Jude to be better. I just wanted less antagonists in the show. So, yeah, I guess so. Reasonable, yeah. Yeah, but, like, also, like, having less antagonists doesn't mean, like, how do we make this antagonist not an antagonist? Let's just forget she's an antagonist for a little bit or, like, you know. Yeah, just make oh, her a different sh- character. It's like, oh, you know, if you justify a villain, how they're not a villain anymore. Like, no, that's not how that works. Like, you know, like you can't just be like, no, I forget. You're fine. That's good. Yeah, it's fine that you did a few crimes and like violated some human rights. It's it's whatever. Don't worry about it. Also, you didn't even kill that. You didn't even drunk drive hit that kid. It's fine. Well, you did actually. No, you did actually. But she was fine, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like you got lucky. She lived. So you don't need redemption. Yeah, yeah. You 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 did drunk drive hit and run that child, but she lived, so it's fine. So it's cool, yeah. yeah, yeah well, stop anyway, complaining, lady. That, yeah, sorry. It, it's it's uh, she's been walked to the woods by the weird kids, which means she is magically healed and she's cool again. Which I guess means she swing dances because I'm guessing someone in the writer room said, "Guys, we can't say she's cured and now she's drinking again." That's kind of fucked <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like that's yeah. a really bad message for you know recovering alcoholics, for example. That's just not good. Yeah, we shouldn't no. do that. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a it's not a cool thing to say. So this time she just does swing dancing. Last time she started drinking again. We fucked up a little. Sorry about that. <laughs> this time swing dancing, baby. But they fuck up in a new and exciting way, which is making you, the viewer at home, want to throw up. You want to go into full A pose stance and just launch launch at the TV because they spin this camera like a motherfucker. I don't know why. We are also swing dancing. Us, the audience are also learning how to swing dance as they spin the camera really, really fucking fast. (laughs) It's unbelievable. At, like, angles, too. Like, through a curve. It's, oh, my God. Yeah, my motion sickness um, skyrocketed in this scene. I was like, oh, oh, brother, wow. They just want, maybe they're hoping we don't look at it. They're like, if we make it hard to look at, people won't look for issues with the show. It's horror, uh, right? It's supposed to be nauseating. Like, yeah. Mm, just like Eli Roth. Like, no, you know. 
<laughs> and then, like, Kit is the one who's retelling all of this to Lana, by the way. Um, and he's like, yeah, Jude taught my son to sew and my daughter to play with trucks. And I'm like, that does not align with this character's morals. Character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not no, what she would like, do. But the aliens fixed her now, including all of her gender stereotype things and the alcoholism but and why the would brain she, damage. Why would the... she have to teach that to the alien children who fixed her? <laughs> Liz, there is a scene later oh, on yeah, where she's right. literally patting one oh, of I their know, heads I and know. going, you're going to be a little girl boss. <laughs> I know. It's the next scene. It sucks. It sucks really bad. I know. It's so funny. Like They were just like, fuck the character. We're, we want everyone to like you now. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. So for clarity, <laughs> this is the scene I'm talking about because then like Kit gets like kind of somber and is like, oh, now it's time to talk about what happened to Jude. Um, and Jude, or uh, not Jude, but Kit starts retelling this scene and it's a flashback, but I cannot overstate that Kit is not in this flashback. So I don't know how Kit has this information and how he's telling it to Lana. Um, so this is a, a flashback scene of Jude presumably dying in a bed. Like, I guess she's just getting too old or something. I don't know. Um, I'm getting too old for this shit, Jude. The, the kids appear to be, like, the same age as when she got brought home. So it can't have been, like, that long, which is kind of traumatizing for the alien babies, if we're being honest. Um, to just bring an no, old lady. Like it. <laughs> they like it. They're weird little shits. Yeah. They love it. They're into this. They're like, oh, you know what? You remember, you know, in Toy Story, that claw machine full of little, little fucking aliens mm-hmm. that try to get grabbed by the claw. That's what these kids are. They just yeah. want the aliens <laughs> just, to interact with them. Then, they're like, if somebody's about to die, that means the aliens are going to scoop their ass. And that's good. And then her last words were, I'm Jude. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah exactly. Voiced by Tom Hanks. Um, uh, in my uh, dreams. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be so fun. <sighs> Um, so this is the girl boss scene, um, and Jude is <laughs> dying on the bed, and it's sh- she says this. This is not me doing like a verbatim thing. She is talking to Julia, the daughter, who is Alma's kid, um, and like patting her little <laughs> head, and is like. Julia, it's 1971, and I'm like, wow, thanks for making the character verbally say what year it is to a child who's probably four years old, because that's something real people do, is quote the year to a small child before telling them um, that they're going to grow up to be a girl boss. They're, they need to be a girl boss. Don't, don't Look, let she's men... she's four years old. It's not 1968 anymore. It's time for you to get your shit together. <laughs> Yeah, it's 1971. In case in case the people at home forgot what year it is, it's 1971. Julia, don't let a man. Period. Um, yeah. You're now the other kid because there's two of them. Thomas, don't pick your nose. Uh, get a job you like doing or whatever. Who cares? You're not a girl boss. I'm I'm die now. I'm I am die goodbye forever. Um, and then Kit walks in and is like, oh, are, we, are you dying, Jude? And Jude's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, kids, go play outside. It's time for Jude to die. Um, and then she does. Uh, yeah, the angel of death rolls in and is just like, hey, do you want to uh, die? And Jude, yeah, Jude just says, 
kiss me straight up. It's yeah. just like, yeah, get over here. Get over here, you <laughs> big here, dumb you idiot. Big <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, my God. I have written as a note. I'm like, I think they just wanted you to be a little gay at the end because she's so eager to just get smooched by death that even death is like, are you sure? Like, are you, are you, this is not how you usually react to my presence. Are you positive? <laughs> also, the Candyman song plays for like a frame um, <laughs> well, while they're kissing. The even yeah, notice. Like... That's so funny. <laughs> uh, and literally, I mean just a frame. Like it's like three notes of it and then it's over. I And then so Jude dies gay, I guess. I don't know. The the end of Jude. <laughs> Ta-da. Um, Diversity win. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and now it's the present, present day, like the the one where Lana's old now, um, the beach that makes Lana old, um, and she's getting interviewed. Um, and then April, who's the lady who's like doing the interview, starts roasting Lana, and she's like, yeah, you really fucked up your uh, next expose, um, the one that was supposed to be about the Monsignor and Arden. We need to talk about that because otherwise the audience watching American Horror Story won't know what happened to those characters. So I'm going to bring it up. Um, <laughs> and then we get like a, a flashback from Lana's perspective of like what happened to the Monsignor. And it's literally her like cornering him <laughs> seven years ago in a parking garage. It is. It is the most like. Ah oh, shit! We don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> Ending. It's unreal. So, yeah, just runs into him in a garage and is basically like, "Hey, um, I, a journalist, am going to interview you about the thing you did that was bad." And he goes, "No," <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> He's no a happy Easter egg box. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will not. I'm gonna leave. You can't keep. Yeah, and then just says Happy Easter. Um. And yeah, then the thing is, I think Liz's note really sums up how I feel this should be taken, which is, then I guess he kills himself, Lumafau. <laughs> it's just like, a hundred percent. Yeah, like, they just decided this guy who, this motherfucker had the resolve to get nailed to a cross by a Santa Claus-themed serial killer, be taken down from it, get fucked by the devil... <laughs> <laughs> literally get fucked by the devil after being nailed to a cross and his resolve stood through those trials this man makes job look like a wiener <laughs> like he went through it brother and um uh, lana being like so uh about Briarcliff, he's just like, well, that's it for me. See you in Street Fighter 7, everyone. Time to, time to die in a tub. She's already done an expose about Briarcliff like forever ago. Yeah. This isn't you. like he's being found out. Like everyone already knows. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and it just shows us a scene of him like slitting his wrist in the bathtub or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it, truly like makes no sense the idea that this character would mm -hmm. kill himself is just like the ultimate we couldn't think of a satisfying ending for this guy because he like he was a villain but we forgot to uh, like have any protagonist that want his ass enough to deal with it like jude is the only one who realistically would want to get his ass that yeah. bad right and they decided that she is like broken for the rest of the story and then uh has a good time with some weird kids and dies yeah and like <laughs> so lana lana really doesn't really like want the monsignor to like fail or anything she, she she just wants yeah. like a story she just wants a scoop 
Um, and he's like, "Well, time time to die, I guess. Guess bye, happy Easter I like Easter how if you, clout chase, if you clout chase professionally, it's called getting a scoop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then um, just kind of literally out of nowhere, kind of out of left field, Lana's like. And by the way, um, I lied about my kid being dead. Um, I, he's right here in the room, coincidentally. I, I allegedly don't know that, but he's like right here in the room. It's time for me to be sad about lying about my dead kid after I told you about what happened to the Monsignor, because I know that's what you care about so deeply. Um, yeah, in the 1970s, nondescript, I tried to track him down, and I found him at a school being bullied. Being bullied by the funniest motherfucker on the face of planet Earth, if we're being honest. <laughs> the coolest bully in the universe. Holy shit. What a line. <laughs> oh, so he's getting roasted by this mm-hmm. kid who's like probably a decade older than him easily. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he delivers um, the most scalding, scathing burn of all time because he finds... Like, I guess Johnny likes dinosaurs. That's something that we need to know. This is like the age gap, by the way, is like, I kind of like dinosaurs versus like, yeah, I already went through puberty two years ago. (laughs) Like, that's the age gap we're talking. And so, yeah, finds out Johnny likes dinosaurs and delivers the line, Liz, I will not take this one from you, please. (laughs) Go ahead. Hey, 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 hey. You want to suck a brontosaurus dick? <laughs> uh, which um I don't even know that Johnny would know what that means. Like he's so young. I don't even think he would know what he was being insulted about. And also, I don't know what the what he what he I agree. I don't know what he's being insulted about either. Like is he calling him gay? Is he I what, I don't uh, this is such a wild insult that yeah. I do not it know would, how to yeah. interpret it. it it would be like if a little kid was like, I like waste cars. And you were like, oh, yeah, want to suck a Ferrari cock? It's like, <laughs> what? what? What does that mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> Me a little nerd into space. <laughs> oh, want to fuck the moon? <laughs> no. Oh, I bet you voted for Joe Biden, too. Like, that's how unrelated <laughs> the two things are. Oh, my God. And then <sighs> Lana comes out of nowhere, which, by the way, in case you're wondering, like, oh, did Lana, like, disguise herself? Because she's a public figure, so she's probably, like, easily recognizable. And, like, Johnny's old enough that, like, he would be able to recognize her if she was a public figure. Um, Did she maybe, like, change her appearance or, like, tone it down so she didn't look like a famous lady? Nah. No. No, not <laughs> at all. Um, Not even, like... A little bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, she, like, comes <coughs> up and, Excuse like, me. threatens to beat the shit out of the bully. Um, and he just leaves, which is whatever. Um, and, like, Johnny has, like... <laughs> yeah? I was just gonna say, Sorry jo- that- Johnny looks at her like he clearly knows who she is. And then she just kind of, like, skitters away. Back um, into the before shadows. Before she skitters away, she does the weirdest thing on the planet to a kid who doesn't know who she is, which is like she bends down to him and extends her hand and like gently rubs his cheek, like the way you would someone you're, you know, very close with and not <sighs> uh, a random stranger. So, like, this random lady just walked up and like cradled his cheek for a moment and is like, Johnny. 
Does your does your father still play baseball? <laughs> Do you go to dockside Stop bars? Dockside bars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's <laughs> It's unbelievable to do this to just a random child. And I think the teens actually wait to leave until after she's done this. So they're just like, this is fucking weird. I'm going, this this has gone like, I just wanted to make fun of this kid for wanting to suck a brontosaurus dick. And now I'm dealing with like familial crises. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Um. Also, they they went out of this is this is apropos of nothing because it means nothing to the rest of the plot. I guess so that we know that like. I don't know. He had a hard childhood, I guess. They made well, Johnny a fucking dork as a child. He's a dweeb. He's a nerd. Like, they made him the dorkiest little kid um, who gets <laughs> bullied, obviously. And, like, I guess they're like, you have to be sympathetic to him. Um, so, even though that's something that probably would have happened, um, even if Lana wouldn't have given him up for adoption. But, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have issues with that parent, you know, just, like... Like, you could ask people who have kind of parent issues like this, like me and stuff, you know, like, uh, but, like, imagine, like, you had a missing parent, right, and then, like, you met them once, and they saved you from bullies, and you never saw them again, like, you would, like, be, I think my modus operandi would be, like, you'd always long after them, you'd have those kinds of issues, Johnny, though, somehow still has this, she never suckled me, or, like, me, like, whatever, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, no, bro, she was there for you, actually, the one time, like, I would actually think... If Bloody yeah. Face is a copycat killer, now you come and save her because that's the bullshit narrative that we're dealing with. But no, not even that's yeah. right. It doesn't like work. Having very few interactions with a parent, but only remembering like a f handful of very positive ones and like wanting to go out and find that parent or follow in their footsteps and like be you know like kind of identify more strongly with them in their memory yeah. um it's like one of the most common storylines in in just all of me media yeah, <laughs> just all of fiction in general yeah right um, that's such like, a big trope yes you might have heard of a little uh anime called hunter hunter it's one of the most famous of all time it's just that <laughs> it's it's also just that yeah you know what um, else you might remember like every disney movie now that you mention it yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah it's, it's really it's really fucking common man yeah <laughs> yeah because all the fairy tales are like oh your parent wanted to be with you and they couldn't and now you have that as a kid but instead somehow american horror story introduces this plot element which under Reminds everything they've been telling us the whole season about Johnny. It's so Sorry. cool. It's a subversion it that, of yeah. expectation. Uh, isn't what that if he really isn't did want to suck a Brontosaurus's dick and he never got to tell them yes because of what his mom interrupted? <laughs> <laughs> Which ruined uh, it for me, mom. <laughs> that's the other thing is like this is another flashback that Lana's having where like she she has to have like manifested the brontosaurus decline in her mind because she wasn't there when that line was delivered to johnny Imagine so she just like made yeah. she just made that shit up for the interview just now I, like was like the interviewers probably like wait 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 brontosaurus sticks like that you're kind of losing the plot here like no 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 i just don't want to move we just got to move back for a second he said that you remember it like yeah yeah brontosaurus stick jeez it's weird. i thought it was weird too anyway speaking of johnny um he's just in the other room like going to fucking town on a donut like just i don't know why they show us this character training. yeah he, he's training to get the world record for like most powdered donuts eaten in a minute <laughs> like he's he's munching that shit he is going ape shit on it and he's just listening to her tell this story and then like lana adds that like she never actually had kids later on but she was kit's kids godmother 
Um, and then at one point, she she starts telling Kit's story from like a past perspective, and he, she's like, Kit got remarried to a lady named Allison, who we will literally never see again. Um, it's unclear whether the aliens took her after he gave her his cum. That's maybe a story for a different day that we'll never hear the ending to. Um, Kit's son, the little freak, became a professor at Harvard, and his daughter is a neurosurgeon. I guess the implication there is I, that, like, alien babies are good. I, I love professor at Harvard and neurosurgeon as, like, the two, like, roles of the people who are going to have the most impact. Because that, to me, is, like, a child's idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, a really important guy. Like, Astronaut. Right? Like, that's, like, what a... Yeah, that's what a dumb guy thinks is, like, yeah. the most influential position. <laughs> like, it, it's like, oh, he's a he's a professor at Harvard. I'm like, oh, weird. So he's probably got some fucked up views on race and, like, <laughs> hasn't updated his information for a solid 27 years. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, be in academia. You'll... It, yeah. It's a wild ride. <laughs> oh. Oh boy and then but, um, I, I bet everybody is just yeah. trembling wondering but what of kit everyone what happened to our golden boy kit what happened yeah. to kit walker uh he died of pancreatic cancer when he was 40 the end he got the pancreatic cancer that makes you old yeah, <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> it's a shame i mean wait but like and then the alien kids can't save him there like, they can cure everything about June, including, like, her past, but, like, cancer. Ah, mm, sorry, you know. We, beef, hmm? them testes is dry, dog. <laughs> we took all that. We took all that flavor we needed. Oh, we don't need no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, like, the aliens, you know, it, it's easy to mistake efficiency and just, like, getting in there and doing the work that needs to be done as, like, you know, a kindness or something when it's just ruthless efficiency. <laughs> That's all it is here. It's just like, yeah, all right, got all the cum we need. Well, see you see you later, man. Like, good, good luck. <laughs> good luck uh, with the ma'am, cancer. Ma'am, thank you, ma'am, huh? Aliens, jeez, what a uh-huh. bunch of shit. They, so they do, this is the scene where they have Kit in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. right? Like, as he's wheeled out. Have, uh-huh. we, have we taken a second to really discuss uh, the fact that I thought they were trying to make Kit look like <laughs> He was like 70. 80? Yeah. yeah, like 70 or 80. Like, the practical effects and the wig choices and stuff read as 70 or 80, but then they, like, didn't do anything to his, like, skin or eyes <laughs> or anything around. You know, the places where you can generally tell someone's age pretty accurately. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's just, um. he went to the beach that makes you old, and then he got pancreatic <laughs> cancer, I guess. Um, it is and, a nice beach. Uh, but he's 40. Um, and then, like, Lana's like, also, they never found his body. <laughs> you know, the thing that happens when you die of cancer. Um, yeah, they're like, he disappeared. And they're like, wait, that's not what cancer does. She's like, huh? They're like, yeah, he, he just disappeared. I I guess they did his chemo too hard. Like, that's not. Like, did anyone ask what? about this? Nah. It was just like one of those things. It's like it didn't matter. You know, like it wasn't, oh, it wasn't mean- even a person, you know? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean the, the one of the most important characters in one of the like most influential pieces of media and writing of the last twenty years or whatever, according to this fiction? Nah, no one looked into him. Nobody yeah. really knows what happened afterwards. He's basically a ghost. And no one was interested in the fact that the guy who constantly said aliens had abducted him and his wife just disappeared at the yeah, end of his life. No one No right. one's ever been interested in something like that. A zero. A ser- oh my god 
Oh my god! Wait, we have so so much more still. Jeez. Yeah, because that. Wildly enough, that is what ends the interview portion of this. Um, and now it's like she's like, "All right, interview's done. Everybody get out of my house," and they get out of her house. Um, and then he, she, okay. It's important to note here that I think I said in our last episode, I think they fucked yeah, up editing. This is what I'm fucked up. Yeah. This is where I think they fucked up editing and why it supports Ugh. what I said. They fucked up in the last episode. Um, Lana is pouring two drinks and police sirens are playing. Um, there is no reason police sirens should be playing right now. Um, but there are, uh, you may be asking, are the police there? No. <laughs> Will they be there? Also, no. Um, but there are police... Later, si- off screen. <laughs> yeah. May- maybe. <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah. Like, they're police sirens, which is very confusing. Also, um, she just, like, knows that Johnny's just hanging out in her house, I guess. And so she's pouring him a drink. Um, so the insinuation for us, the audience, is that the second she laid eyes on this man who looked like Pete Wentz in 2012 or 2008 um, was the nerdy little kid on the fucking playground that wanted to suck a brontosaurus dick. She reckon- she clocked him instantly. That's the insinuation. Um, and then um, the that means that his weird little Mom, manifesto just speech- no. Yeah, mom's just now. His weird little speech that he planned on doing would have just insta-failed because she would have just known who he was. So his, like, I'm in your book speech would have just failed, which is, I guess, why they made him do it to a random bookstore employee because those two things can't coexist in the same timeline. Um, yeah. And Johnny's like, I'm about to kill you. And um, he's like, she's like, hey, how'd you get in here? And he's like, I murdered the donut guy um, <laughs> to get on the set, I guess. Um, <laughs> no one, historically, no one ever does security um, no. on a high profile also, um, interview. The, also, uh, the donut guy, <laughs> yeah. not a generally uh, agreed upon <laughs> position. He needs um, Mike from the Dunkin' Donuts commercials. <laughs> Time to make the donuts. Yeah. Yeah, it went from like time to make the donuts to time to make the donuts. <laughs> so nobody noticed and nobody fucking noticed. So that's the thing though, is like if you are the person who's getting donuts for the group, that's generally like a report, right? That's someone who would report to someone else. It would be like someone being like, "Why, hey, why did you bring the donuts? Where's Johnny Donuts?" And then you'd be like, "Uh, uh, uh, I'm Johnny Donuts." Be like, "You're not fucking Johnny Donuts, man." <laughs> no, I'm just regular Johnny. I'm crack smoking Johnny. It's a different guy. <laughs> oh oh my God. no! Are people sneaking on sets nowadays. Jeez, that never happens in the '60s. Come on, or whatever. So it is 80s. important to note that means. Seems that a random employee has been murdered for this to take place. Um, that will be relevant in a few minutes. Um, and so Johnny says, well, first, first Lana says, I always knew this day would come. And then Johnny says what we're all thinking, which is, wait a second. How did you recognize me? Um, and so funny. She literally just does wh- exactly what Slow Beef just made a bit about, which is like, how could I not recognize my own baby boy? Um, 
And yeah, no, he looks like a member of Three Days Grace and not even a little bit like the child in her flashback. So, okay. Um, and so all of you are probably thinking, wow, that's a really unsatisfactory answer. It doesn't matter because Lana's just fucking lying anyway. That's what she does. That's what Lana Winters mm. does, baby. She fucking loves lying. Your protagonist, everyone. <laughs> yeah. She fucking loves lying. It is her favorite thing to do. Um, we get a flashback immediately to show us, the audience, that we are idiots, all of us, every last one for believing our protagonist. She's actually a fucking liar. Um, there's just detectives at Lana's house telling her exactly, hey, here's a picture of this guy named Johnny. They're, it's, they're pretty sure he's bloody faces like copycat or whatever. Um, and also that he wants to kill you specifically. And she's like, I don't recognize him. Um, which means that she also lied to the police and she is directly responsible for the donut guy dying today because she like knew this was going to happen and did not tell the police or try to help them at all. Um, was just like, nope, never seen him before, even though she knew uh, who he was. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now Lana also has the blood of the donut guy on her hands. Um, and then like she goes on this kind of weird little tangent where she calls well, Threadson handsome. I think, though, wait, you did forget to mention it turns out the donut guy was the son of the guy who she got in the car who hated oh, women, no. and then she got that the fire cliff. So that's all good. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. God, you know what? I actually kind of <laughs> wish they would have tied that guy back in. Right? Because that, that guy was so <laughs> fucking random that I really wish he got included somehow in this epilogue. Um, Honestly, like, going back to that, though, like... Why does Lana lie in her books? Because, like, the, if if Lana were to tell me the events of that night alone, I would just assume she was lying because they are so fucking insane. I would just assume she was lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> if I were, like, yeah, in the interview, I'd be like, oh, so that was bullshit about the guy in the car. And she'd be like, no, 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 that happened. Like, yeah. Like, it did, though. <laughs> like, you know. So, like the, so the okay. actual crazy shit that happened to you was real, but the, like, the mundane <laughs> shit that means nothing to anyone, you just made that shit up, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Speaking yeah, of, well, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm an author and I like to get to flex my craft, and sometimes the real world is too exciting, so I gotta dull it down <laughs> yeah. a little bit. You know, I gotta gotta dial it back. They're never gonna believe this one. Lana Winters, the anti-hyperbolic liar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so then, like, we backtrack, and Lana's like, "Hey, by the way, quick question. After I tell you that I thought your dad was handsome." For some reason, weird thing to make my character say. Um, how did you know that you were Threads and an Eyes kid, by the way? And uh, he tells this fucking story about how he got a tape off of e the tape off of eBay where, like, <sighs> She's yeah, sure. yelling and threatening threads in the one that Kit recorded when they had him under duress, um, saying that she's gonna that she already like aborted the baby or whatever. I don't that doesn't answer Lana's question. Um, but it explains why he likes um Threadson more because Threadson didn't want to abort him I this is I I do not understand their idea of like it's so much the like backwards of like oh wouldn't you be upset if you were aborted like no I wouldn't be here um <laughs> I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have had my shitty life where someone told me to suck a brontosaurus dick but that's not how Johnny takes it he's like oh my dad didn't want to have me aborted he's the good parent 
serial killer? Eh. He he probably had his reasons. It's fine. Mom is the, <laughs> mom is the problem here. Um, and then Johnny pulls a gun, and by pulls a gun, I mean pulls it, and it's in. They are face to face, sitting right across from each other, and he has it to her forehead, like pressed against in a way that she like <sighs> can't see it in its full clarity, and mm-hmm. she somehow with her like magical powers immediately recognizes it <clears throat> and i'm doing air quotes as the <coughs> gun she shot threads in with um so yeah, so um yeah. johnny did inherit his mom's ability to manifest a gun out of thin air which is really cool also i cannot overstate how not the same gun this what do is. you mean how? But but clearly, it's the same gun. They told me it was. I screen capped a picture of the gun that Johnny's holding and the gun that <gasps> Lana shoots Threadson with, and they look so not alike that it is comical. Like the gun she shot Threadson with is like a a chrome, like tiny little handgun, like the kind of gun you'd expect a lady in like the sixties to have. Um, the gun he has to her head is a Glock, um, like a police issue Glock, um, that does, matte black, could not look any more, like, very boxy, could not look any more different than the gun that she used to shoot threads in, but the, but they do like a, ooh, isn't that so cool? He got, somehow, he got the gun that she shot threads in with. How the um, fuck do they not have the to, And also, Lana somehow identified the lie. It makes no sense, right? Because, like, that's... It's just a wild thing to have a character say when it's the wrong gun. Like, if they had Johnny be like, this is the gun you killed my dad with, she'd be like, no, it's not. Like, that would be something. Yeah, Yeah, right? The story was so big that he got sold fake memorabilia and, like, bought it and stuff. Like, there'd be something there, at least. Some, you know, commentary on maybe we idolize serial killers a little too much. But, like... No, <laughs> it's not that. It's just they got the wrong gun out of the prop kit. Yeah. So, it's so weird, too, because, like, isn't that, like, a normal... F- I don't know. You know, like, someone should have... Whatever. That, I guess they lost like it. An- they lost it between recording that last episode and this one. Um, yeah, sorry. We're using it in, like, Sons of Anarchy, and it's like, all right, <laughs> yeah, fine. It was we'll already just, out on loan. <laughs> some, other, some other show had it. What a bunch of bullshit Ed Wood thing to do, though, of, like, they won't remember. You know what I mean? Like, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, um, late, like, immediately after, Lana's like, are you afraid about the truth about you? Um, which I'm not sure what she's referring to there. Um, like... <laughs> I guess she's referring to, like, the fact that, like, the truth is that Thredson, like, wasn't a good parent and that she, like, actually would have loved him and, like, she didn't hate him. Um, And I'm like, I think that's superseded by the fact that he's already a serial killer who's been skinning people alive Um, because he has been doing that. Um, It's a little hard to overlook that, I think. Um, And then Johnny starts crying and then she shoots him in the head. Um, that was such, such bullshit too, because it is. They try to do the emotional thing, and it's like I've done bad. I've hurt people, and she goes, "I know it wasn't your fault." You know what I mean? And you're like, "Whoa, is there gonna be redemption?" Nah, shot him, boom, haha, <laughs> trick loser. Like, wow, like fuck right off. And I, I don't, know. I don't know, like, 
if we're supposed to be happy or that what? A, yeah. Um, and then is that funny? Is that is that the jo- is that yeah, a joke? Right. Like, like uh, are we supposed to think it was cool? Like it's very unclear. It's yet another character death in this episode where we're uh, like, oh, it's Lana. It's it's Lana lying one last time. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we got one more under the wire. It's just like, <sighs> but you know what? Like they give Jude a real deal, happy ass ending. You know what I mean? Like she's suffered enough and all that. So it's like. What are we doing here? Like, we don't know Johnny. You know what I mean? Like, he's killed, like, a couple of people we didn't care about, like, and they're all, like, bullshit. Ca- you know what I mean? It's like, Jude has actually done, like, worse shit, technically, but, not well, mention, not really, like, but you know what I mean? This is not a satisfactory payoff for a through line yeah. that they have forced us to witness since episode That's- one. Thank you. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. Exactly. It's not like, a- exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly it, right. It is such a nothing, like, wet fart of an ending to this like ooh where's this B plot gonna end up where's this like current day B plot gonna end up it's such it, a nothing resolution it's kind of a big part of the reason you have to be really careful with having guns in any piece of media is guns just have an immediacy to them that often is very deflating in real life and especially in drama right like having a sword fight you can have an exchange of ideals uh someone shoots you in the head that's the ball game it's just (laughs) you know that's it the character's gone now um and they really don't have like they could have had an exchange of ideals between johnny and lana and maybe like i don't the problem is right this they didn't set up anything interesting so they can't like have that discussion at the end um so she they just kind of have johnny cry at her and then she shoots him (laughs) and goes like yeah i should have shot you a while ago and i'm like should you have why (laughs) yeah maybe you should have shot him before he killed the donut guy today just spitballing here why did you let him kill another guy Maybe you should have shot him in the head after those teens told him he should have sucked a brontosaurus dick, and then that would have really taught those fucking teens a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> that would have really messed them up. Changed the trajectory <laughs> of those kids' lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you tell him to suck a brontosaurus dick? That's what I call my gun. Here you go. Okay, have <laughs> like teens. Like. <laughs> and then they'll be like, you call your gun that? Like, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. You asked weird, for this. Still. I'm a writer. I'm a writer, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Uh, and um, so she shoots him, and then the police sirens play again, and I am beside myself. I don't know why the police are here. I don't know who called them. I don't know where they were five minutes ago. I don't. I don't, why, know, I don't they, know why they're there now. Um, why did they shine through the walls? Why? Why anything in this yeah. old crazy they, world? I am convinced this is like. They tried to give Lana like a death note moment in a weird <laughs> way where like she understood it. Like, no, but like it starts early, right? Where she like straight up lies about how she got information and was able to recognize Johnny and stuff. And it's like supposed to be this whole like, oh, she's got it so together. She was a this whole interview was actually a setup to get Johnny <laughs> here. Like that's kind of like what they're sort of framing it as, which is wild <laughs> and also yeah just like it, it doesn't work especially because like at the end you don't have a scene where else like <laughs> i finally caught you like you got me time to shoot you in the head with an ak <laughs> like that would that would kind of deflate Elle's character a bit i think <laughs> oh my god bit, yeah but. um 
And so that's the end of that. And it cuts to another flashback. Yeah. So yeah, she she already called the cops, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, the Somehow, cops are just already on the way. Even though we've seen her like the whole time and she was in hair and makeup when we were first introduced to the scene and she was never alone to make a phone call like this. Look. Do you think these writers could pull off a death note? No. <laughs> Absolutely oh God, not. No. Did they try? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> who, who could say, honestly? Um, but now it's a flashback um, to, I guess, the first episode when we first <laughs> met Lana. George, in the words of George Lucas when talking about the, fir- the, the prequels <laughs> to Star Wars, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh. So, um... They've decided to do uh, what I'm sure someone in film studies would refer to as bookending. Not me. <laughs> I, will, I will give it that. Uh, bookending generally is you put something that's... You wouldn't realize how much of a thematic anchor it is early on, but it's something at the beginning that does help establish it that then when revisited at the end has a very different meaning given the context of the rest of you know the film or the piece of work beforehand. Um, it, it's often like a very good way to make sure, you know, that the, the entire concept of the film is like very nicely wrapped up. Um, it, it doesn't mean just play an early scene at the end again <laughs> and be like, see, it was remember? on both sides. That's bookends. Yeah, we remember. We still have the footage from episode one. <laughs> we didn't delete it. <laughs> and I do mean like, I cannot express enough how much Ty's not like exaggerating. It's just like, because usually with bookending, it'll be like the same scene we saw at the start, but like maybe a little bit of a different perspective so yeah. that we can tell that like, uh-oh, like this is what we didn't see in episode or, one or something. Right. No. It's just like hot <laughs> character... Or like a character we didn't fully understand the depth of. Like maybe a character that when you just met him in the first scene, you thought it was just some random guy there. But now you understand they're secretly like the person in the shadows or something yeah. along those lines. Like yeah. something with like Kizer Soze, for example. You know, something something along those lines of just like, oh, you were actually a, you were a motherfucker. Yeah, like that kind yeah. of thing. New context. Um, right. Exactly. Nah. And Liz, yeah. So it's—is it literally the scene from episode one? Yeah. By the yeah. way, yes, it is. It's yeah. just the the scene from episode one. Like maybe oh. there's like a different filter over it, but it is shot for shot the same like sequence from the same angle, etc. With like a singular DLC frame where Jude's like, yeah, it's hard to be a successful woman. That is literally the only additional thing that makes it different why did they why did they add in so many feminist little extra jude? notes here and there of feminist jude <laughs> yeah. yeah specifically jude. feminist jude it's weird because like there's a lot of things i feel about jude's characterization and like a lot of things about her character particularly with her relation to like you know religion and like the concept of reform and perhaps going too conservative during a reform and taking it too far something along those there's interesting things to be said um why is she just girl boss mode now? Because that's not really any of it. And she <laughs> absolutely really was not. Her character. She was absolutely not girl boss mode at the start of the season, which is where these scenes no. are. Absolutely no, the fuck she, she was, wasn't. She was like, please step on me, Monsignor, yeah. at the beginning of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then um, at the end of that DLC scene, then it ends the scenes that we are familiar with. 
and we get a shot, a very close, close-up shot of Jude's face. And I mean, like, it fills the whole screen. It's, like, uncomfortably close. <laughs> and she goes, remember, Lana, if you look into the face of evil, evil is going to look right back at you. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> what not, does that mean? No, and then it's an abyss. Not evil, it's an abyss. Yeah. It's not the quote. You fucking um, not only is that not the quote, but then we get two like Kubrick style fast zooms into each of their faces, which they've never done in this season of American Horror Story until right this second. Um, and then Lana smiles. And then that's the end of the season. Yeah, it sure is. That sure is how they ended it. Can I Um, ask Liz a weird question for you? Did you remember this being so bad? Because I feel like I thought it was good at one point in my life, or like um, maybe not good, but like I kind of remembered it not being this. But I don't know. I weirdly enough, until I remembered the framework of Asylum, like I remembered like the key points. I didn't remember a lot of the finer details, but what I did remember was that I. It went, I did like season one at the time. That's what yeah, hooked same. me. And yeah, then same. I remember not particularly caring for season two because it was like too edgy. Not even necessarily too edgy, but like trying to be a different like vibe. And then I really liked season three because it kind of went back to more of like a lighthearted, campier sure. kind of vibe. Whereas like Asylum took itself really seriously <laughs> like really seriously i think yeah i remember yeah sorry go ahead yeah oh, no i was just gonna say yeah you're like 100 percent. like there were moments in murder house that were like clearly meant to be a little bit goofy like a lot of the interactions with moira were like very much a cartoon wolf eyes popping out going hubba hubba ding ding as his tongue unfurls as a carpet on the floor you know like it was it was a little bit goofy right like there were yeah. there were bits in there and whereas, hey boss yeah, i killed 100%. your mistress that'll be five thousand dollars or whatever I, how old i almost forget my favorite little guy <laughs> yeah yeah it's larry exactly <laughs> larry and and yeah there's just none of that well, every character in this is that even the santa claus serial killer who i think is supposed to be a comic relief so, as wild as that sounds you know that's the thing is it's unfocused for having so many like villains like Mary Eunice starts as that character when she's like you know mm-hmm. oh I, I oh they got them kill the Christians I don't mean she started I mean de- possessed Mary Eunice you know what I mean before she's like an actual serious villain she's like kind of funny and they like mistake her for actually being really good at her job like a good Catholic or whatever but you know what I mean and then out of nowhere she's like no 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 I am the main antagonist now you know because they kind of lost focus it's like that's just like, yeah, the American horror story way of like, uh, what were we doing again? Who cares? You know, we just wrap this shit up if we can. Remember when Anne Frank was in this season? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what I knew. That's when I was like, oh, wait a minute. This show's weird. Like, yeah, that's right. That I think that was the other yeah. thing, too, is even at the time when I was still giving like American Horror Story the benefit of the doubt and was like still like enjoying it for the most part. I think like a big <laughs> reason why I checked out of Asylum is I'm like. I don't know what they're going for here. Like, I'm not, they've got a lot of spinning plates, and I'm not really sure what the overall meal is that we're spinning these plates for. I think, yeah, yeah. like, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I think I, I think I like liked it. I I feel like I kind of like 
maybe almost even apologized for it in the sense of like, this is cool. They're going in a lot of directions. I wonder where it'll go. Ooh, and Frank, why did we do that? You know, but like, um, oh and then no, that was more directions. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, oh wait a sec, what are we what are we doing now? Hold on. Yeah, you know? they went in a lot of directions, and then they kept going in new directions, and never like finished going in the directions they started going in <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to mention is this episode did at least give me a lot of like closure on multiple characters I assumed were never going to serve a purpose and never were important and felt like they simply could have just been out of the script. I now have full confirmation. Yes, they could have just been <laughs> entirely out of the script. Like the Monsignor's ending is so, so bad. Like, it's so bad that if you handed me a whole script or just, like, a skeleton of, like, a thing of events and that was at the end of it, I would legitimately have to immediately reevaluate the entire thing and be like, why is this? What does this character do? <laughs> what, do, you do? what does Chunky do? What does, Ma- <laughs> what does Monsignor yeah. Chunky do? You got to tell me. Because right now, he's just, like, a sad boy who gets nailed to a cross, fucked by the devil, and then kills himself. And I don't think that's, like great material for an antagonist. So, you know what's funny is, you know, like, earlier in this podcast, even, like, we talked about guns and things like that, and, like, what's funny is, like, we had talked earlier in the podcast, too, about one of the things that's, like, sort of like a no-no kind of is guns and horror, because it's, like, that's one of the things yeah. that's hard to make work. Yeah. You know, like, the, the worst thing you could do with horror is that notion of, is this supposed to be funny? You know, oh, and yeah. you're, like, not even sure, and, like... This happens a few times in this one. My, I think the biggest part being when Lana's like, I know, baby, bang, and just kills him. Like, kills her, like, after this supposed to be this heartfelt moment. Like, am I supposed to laugh here? Is that, like, you know, a, like, is this dark humor? What are we doing? And it's like... Was this, was this episode written in response to, like, them being told they were like being really misogynist in a lot of their other episodes because like they've been really misogynist in a lot of their other episodes do you think they were like let's girl boss it the fuck up let's do Uh let's do it big style we have every character (laughs) do seven different kinds of girl boss encouragement and then if anyone ever accuses us of being misogynist again we just point to that episode and go like "Mm, i don't know she does pat her on the head and say you don't need to listen to no man it's 1971 also, um, at, uh, speaking of book ending, um, back when we were doing Roanoke, I made a comment because there is a scene where I think it's whatever her name is, Lee, um, is being interviewed by Lana Winters uh, yeah. in that season because she's mentioned in both, Lana's mentioned in both Cult and Roanoke, um, but she actually, she's physically in Roanoke. Um, right before whichever one of the, the Hillbilly brothers is there, to shoot everybody i don't remember the context but he says to lana like he's like talking a whole lot to lana and like he's holding everyone hostage with the gun and he's like you had to shoot your own son what was that like and then she just fucking like shoots him um that was a direct reference to this um ta-da in case anybody gives a shit oh Um, oh, i forgot oh yeah yeah you're right yeah it would have been more, I'll be real, it would have been more interesting if instead of there being an entire, and this is fucked, this is how bad the writing is, it would be more interesting if instead of an entire season of television built up to have this character like be this way, 
it would be way more fascinating to me if they're like, yeah, our fan fiction version of Barbara Walter, Barbara Walters <laughs> fucking killed a guy. <laughs> like, I just think that would be like more fun and more interesting and to get me more like I would be more invested when they just copy someone from the real world because I'd be like, ooh, what nasty little twist we put on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so i guess that um that about wraps up season two of american horror story asylum <sighs> mm-hmm. god it i it one thing that's been rough about this podcast in particular and it, it's never easy to do the season finales like in anime and this in any of the stuff we've done in bad in bad movies it's pretty easy because you usually just go fuck that and just move on um, but man, this show just really whimpers out on finales so badly. It's it's wild. I think every season we've watched, I've left the finale being like, oh, okay. <laughs> we just <laughs> gave up on 70% of the plot lines and um, the other 30% ended really bad. <laughs> yeah, yep. it has like yeah. the same vibes of like wildly swinging between like the highs of being in a manic state of like, oh, I've got so many ideas. I'm going to write down so many ideas for this show. I've got so many different characters, so many different plots. They're all going to inter, like, connect at the yeah. end. They're all going to tie together. It's going to be so cool. And then about eight episodes in, that spike started to wane. And they're like, I don't want to do this anymore, which is someone <laughs> with ADHD. I'm I get out it. out of coke. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, they're like, I don't want to write this anymore. I don't know. Just have him kill himself. I don't know. I don't want to write this. I'm, let's do season three where there will be hot witches. Like, so, um, speaking of which, mm-hmm. speaking of witches, even, um, hey, okay now. Next, yeah, next season we'll be doing is uh, Coven, the one that I know people outside of like horror stuff who have talked about coven and i know people who like when i mentioned we're doing american horror story they're like ah have you seen coven yet and i go no so this seems to be one of the ones that was uh, a little more publicly viewed overall at least in the earlier seasons yeah that's the thing about american horror story is since it's all anthology style like you will absolutely run into people who like only watched one or two random seasons instead of like watching them chronologically and coven i would say is probably i'd say coven and hotel are probably the two most widely watched outside of the scope of people who watched them chronologically (laughs) we'll get there as well hotel is definitely the one i remember the most slow beef tweets about and the one that i long term and beyond hype to get to (laughs) (laughs) well we have three more seasons before we get there yeah Yeah. good news so uh yep it's coming no good news you're we're all we're, we're getting there more closer and closer so yeah um, and hey, if you enjoyed this whole season of podcast since you're on the last episode, I presume you listened to the whole thing. If not, honestly, Godspeed. I respect your hustle. I don't know what I don't know what sorting algorithm you use to decide like fuck that episode, fuck that episode. I'll listen to this one, but like keep it up. Um, but yeah, if you've listened to you know get them out of this, uh, we have a Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash GAT underscore AHS. I think it is. I it might be. Hold um, on, it might be typed all the way out. I'll tell you in two seconds. It's Patreon.com/slash Great and Terrible AHS. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, and we've got some uh, bonus episodes up there. I think we're planning on recording another one here fairly shortly, where we usually talk about American horror stories, uh, which are short episodes like one-offs that 
are like measurably and notably worse than the main American horror story. I that's I really need you to know it's outrageous. It had one of the most upsetting pieces of media I had to watch, both like thematically, visually, audioly. Um, they made me respect Danny Trejo less. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it was just a bad time all around. <laughs> it's good. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely check that out and um yeah, we'll we'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.